to another edition of Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with Dr. Caroline Thea Jones. I am your host, and today we will continue where we left off last month in our discussion of the power of words. Last month, my guest and I, Ms. Teresa Henry, talked the magical power of words. Yes, words can be quite magical, and when used correctly, can and will conjure up spells. But wait a minute, not all spells are evil. The word itself, spell, as in to spell a word, influenced the idea of casting a spell. It's like using magic to influence others. And that way, we are casting spells. There is a belief that the usage of particular words had powerful negative effects. Words had the ability to curse, or to bless. It is how we think about words that matter most. Our thoughts produce the words that we speak. Guess what? Our thoughts create words and our words create worlds. Your thoughts have incredible power to shape your life. It also has the power to shape the lives of others. We must become aware of our thoughts because our thoughts influence our beliefs and our beliefs influence our actions. What we think impacts what we feel, and what we feel is often revealed through our speech. In the book, As a Man Thinketh, it argues the point that the key to mastering your life is harnessing the power of your thoughts. Now, according to research, this will help you cultivate the philosophy and attitude of a positive, successful person. One of the three lessons of the book reveal how your actions are extensions of your thoughts, which mean that you shape the world just as much as the world shapes you. Now, my guest and I will have a candid conversation about how to raise your frequency by transforming your mind. I believe that thinking differently will change the way we communicate. And since we are all still talking about the power of words in this segment, learning how to transform our minds will result in a more positive lifestyle and improve our communication. My name is Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones, and I wanna welcome you to my show. My co-host today is Ms. Anita Crump, and my returning guest will be Ms. Teresa Henry. But right now, I want to introduce you to my guest, Mr. Shamba Farah. Welcome, welcome all of you to our show. Shamba, how are you doing? Best day of my life. How about you? It's the best day of my life, too. Thank you, sir. So you already know what we're talking about. So I want to know what your views are. I want to know what you think about what we think and how it connects to the power of words. But before we get into that conversation, I want you to tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Well, greetings, everyone. My name is Shamba Farrar. Uh, me and, and Caroline, we grew up together um, in the 60s into the 70s on Fairview Avenue in Teaneck, New Jersey. So that's where I got my start in Teaneck, New Jersey, and um, was born in Patterson. And uh, from there, went to Teaneck High School 
And from there, went to Rutgers University. And from there, graduated Rutgers and began my journey of self-discovery. My journey in self-discovery led me into social work and then to pursue my, my, my passion, which is the arts. And, um, and I've been work, I work, I just retired as a matter of fact, from the Metropolitan Museum of Art where I worked for 35 years. Um, I've been a teacher in martial arts, in, 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 in art, and I'm a writer, I write poetry, uh, paint. I practice the art of living, let's say. And, uh, and that's a little bit about me. I wanna talk about a little bit before we get into our discussion, I wanna talk about your, your work at the Met. That sounds real exciting, let's talk about that. Uh, well, I, it was a blessing um, to work there for 35 years. Um, I remember going with my mother to see the exhibit of King Tut. And uh, I believe that was like 1978. And, um, and then it was just, it was magic. You know, I remember saying uh, to myself that I wish that I could contribute something to this, of my work. To, to this institution. And lo and behold, um, the opportunity came to, uh, to get employment. When I graduated college, I, I went there to work for free, uh, to do an internship and they turned me down. And then uh, a couple months later, uh, an opportunity came to work in security and um, they've been paying <laughs> for me to be there and to show my artwork there. And, uh, and I've tried to honor that, that opportunity by uh, really putting things in, in the museum and expressing uh, individuals from our community uh, in ways in which I know that they would never have allowed to, to enter those doors. Uh, and I did it in such a way that now when they have shows, they ask me, where would I like to put the art up in? You know, and I, it's just been a blessing. Yeah, it, sounds good. Um, it sounds to me that your life was already shaped by um, your mother exposing you to the museum at such an early age, which brings us to the point of our conversation about transforming one's mind. Mm -hmm. If you have not have been exposed to the museum at such an early age, I wonder if you would have ended up there. What do you think? Well, my mother you know, as you know, was into the civil rights and uh, human rights and women's rights. And uh, she got her degree uh, and her master's and, and all of those things at the, starting at the age of 40, because these opportunities were not really readily available for her generation. And so therefore, um, the first person I remember who introduced me to death was Malcolm X. She uh, made sure that we went to his viewing in 1965. So my, my whole um, psyche was really um, shaped by the times that we grew up in. I happened to be 
grow, uh, be born in 1960. And 1960 was a powerful decade of change for us. And um, our generation has the responsibility to pass it on to um, our children, our grandchildren, and those who will come after. And I've never uh, taken that lightly. I've always seen that as a great honor and responsibility. And I've been so blessed to, to, to come into uh, contact with people who also have come to that realization in their life, in their journey. And so it may not be many, but I'd rather have a few good, good men and women on my side than a thousand fakes and phonies. And so I've been blessed in that respect. You have been blessed. But how important do you think it was that you had um, someone or lots of people in your corner that gave you opportunities that maybe you would not have had? How important was that? Because um, the conversation that we're that we're about to have today is we're, we're going to talk about how um, what we think and and how we um, perceive things actually changes the way we communicate and how we change our own lives by what we believe and what we think and um, what we've been exposed to. Um, how important is that to you? Or how important do you think that is to an individual shaping their own lives by the influence that they've received early on or even later on in life? How is changing one's mind about something play a big part in that? Now, I don't want to speak too fast without us getting the opportunity to talk about um, the ins and outs of how we how we think and how it's connected to how we speak. Well, I think it's I think it's very paramount because um, in truth and in fact, uh, the only person you really have control over is you. You don't have control over no one else. I mean, they have choices, just like you have choices. And I have choices. And based on our choices, uh, I think that we begin to sculpt our, our life. I don't think my life really uh, got on course until I took control and gained confidence in the choices that I was now making for me. You know, and um, when I embraced the, the, create, the creative aspect of my journey, I recognized that. Um, that, hey, creativity comes from, I believe in, 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 in scripture, it says, first there was the word and the word was of God. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, um, maybe I could, I can write. You know, I, I, we were the first generation, as you will attest to, uh, to be bused to white schools, you know? Our parents fought for equal education. We were the first ones to, to, to live that, to be exposed to uh, you know, other people in, in, in other parts of Teaneck you know, that, that didn't reflect uh, people of color. Um, that had a tremendous effect on me. You know, um, for a while, I always felt less than, you know what I mean? Because um, we, was, we were bombarded. I mean, 
uh, I went to I went to kids' homes and stuff like that, and they lived in damn mansions. It seemed like, you know, in in in, in other parts of Teaneck, and I was exposed to that, you know, and it played a part, you know. I seen, you know, how other people had greater advantages to things, you know, yeah. and. Um, it affected me for a while. They had things and opportunities. And um, it wasn't until I began to really um, study myself. You know, my brother Khalif, who you'll, you'll, you'll talk to later, uh, he, asked, he asked me a question. When did uh, Malcolm really start to take, take his, his exposure, being exposed to him and, and seeing him in the physical start to take root? And it didn't start to take root until I, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X when I was in high school. Then I began to connect the dots, you know, and then I began to listen to his speeches again and know that I was in the environment of those things. I, you know, I was blessed for that. And then, um, oh my, I began to see uh, how people have taken. You know, I, I remember I would listen to Elaine Locke and he would talk about how uh, European culture has done nothing but drain African culture, you know? And though they hate us, they copy everything that we do. You understand? And then I began to see, well, wait a second, you know, like stories like the Long Ranger. The Long Ranger, the brother's name was Reeves and, and, and he was a black man. You know, and they took him, cut him out and made a white man with a black mask and his tanto. When I started to understand and connect the dots, I started to get a better appreciation for who I am and what I've contributed. And then when I've done that, and then with my artwork, you know, and then coming together with other people who are awakening, yourself included. You know, um, I, I said, wait a second, somebody played a game on us. You know, I've even had some of my friends who, and I say, who happened to be white, you know, because I know what white means. When people claim their whiteness, I know what it means. You know, I told this one guy, you know, I said, um, he said to me, we were coworkers. And he said, uh, I, I said, I told him, I said, I have no white friends, none. And he said, see, I knew, I knew you were one of those type of people. But I said, but you don't know anything about me. I said, but I know you. I said, I have people in my family who happen to be white. I said, some of them, because of what I've seen them do for me, I'll even put my life on the line. I said, but I know who you are. And I know what you mean by white. You mean like I'm master and you slave. And when he, I said that, I turned around, he was gone because he knew I was telling the truth, you know? Okay. So you have to know yourself, you know? And when, whenever I tell that to people, I say, yo, you just happen to be like, I happen to be black. I happen to be this, but we're much more than that. Who's willing to go to the much more? If you're not willing to go to the much more, then leave me alone. You understand? You have work to do. That's how I see it in my world. 
we're hoping that we're going to go to the much more. So joining me right now is my co-host, Miss Anita Crum. Hi, Anita. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. And also we have on the line with us, Ms. Teresa Henry. Ms. Teresa Henry was my guest last month as we talked about the power of words. Um, can you unmute yourself, Teresa? Thank you. So how are you, Teresa? Hey, everybody. I'm doing excellent. All is well. And it's good, it's good to be here. It's good to have you back. So we're, yes. we're beginning a conversation now. This month, we're talking about transforming our minds. We're talking about um, the power of words. We're going to put this all together. By the time I end this, this segment, we're going to understand how we have power over our lives and how we can change our lives just by changing our thoughts, just by putting things in perspective. But I don't want to be in this conversation by myself. So I'm going to open this conversation up. For every single person, I see we also have a friend of Shamba on um, the line with us as well. Can you introduce yourself, sir? Good evening. Peace and blessings. My name is Khalif Ra Elhadi. Um, I'm a good friend and honored to be a good friend of Brother Shamba Fara, uh, 20 years plus. Um, I'm a native of Newark. I'm a parent, two beautiful daughters, two beautiful grandchildren. My granddaughter's born on my birthday. I've been a, a willing and working participant in the city of Newark for 20 years. Uh, I work with the youth of Newark, over 100,000 youth uh, that I have personally engaged. In um, job development, summer youth programming, uh, work readiness, job readiness. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been bread and buttered, as they say, uh, a son of Newark, been able to give back. And, you know, it's, it was an honor to meet you last Sunday and your inspired words, um, you know, resonated. And when Shamba told me you had a podcast, I said, you know what? I need to be there. And your introduction was spot on. Um, one thing that I've, I've learned in life is not how smart you are, but it's how you're smart. You know, I mean, people learn differently and people, their intelligence is in different areas. Uh, and, you know, it's a matter of respect, you know, when, when we confront it with difference and indifference is, is how expansive are we willing to be when we deal with each other, you know? Sometimes it's just a matter of waiting a few more seconds and giving a little bit more consideration before you respond because there's many ways, you know, to get to the home plate. You know what I mean? There's not one way. And, and, and keep in mind, we all creative people. Uh, that's been a lesson that I've learned in life. Uh, patience is truly a virtue. And to the degree of our understanding of things, that's gonna be forever and a day. Um, wisdom, I believe is, is a divine gift. 
Um, and you gotta, you earn it, you earn wisdom, you know? Um, and I think your topic is, is on point. You know, we, we need to empower ourselves, you know, with, with strategy. And each one of us tonight, uh, hopefully will will take whatever experience that this night um, manifests, you know, to the outer surface, like a pebble thrown in, into the pond and the ripples continue to vibrate. So that being said, um, I'm honored to be here and I'm, I'm listening, I'm a listener. So thank you. Thank you and welcome to our show. All right, so let's get this conversation going. All right, so Miss Anita, I know Hello. you got some words of wisdom that you would like to say. <laughs> <laughs> so while we get this conversation started, where should we start? Hmm. Well, I like what uh, Brother Shamba said, who is willing to go to the much more? Um, I thought that that was rather deep. Um, some of the things he was talking about were some of the things that you mentioned on the I think before we went live about our book club uh, earlier this afternoon that we have and dealing with authenticity, finding your authentic self. And one of the sessions, one of the sections was about awakening, seeing yourself. So I thought, hmm, he's tapping right into what we, it's on the heels of what we were talking about and awakening people and seeing. And, and that's pretty powerful because from where I stand, the way I understand just life and living, it's you're either conforming and doing what everyone else is doing or you are living your true self, marching forward. So awakening has to happen in order to not conform to what everyone else is doing, but going your own path, just doing what you feel that you need to do for your life. And I think as um, you know, people of color, it probably behooves us to not conform, but to live our lives, our best lives, because conformity is living in the colonized world, if you will. Um, so I thought that that was spot on, but I'd like to just start there with Shamba and talking about who is willing to go to the much more after that comment he made about awakening people and seeing. Well, the way I address it, that keeps me balanced, keeps me focused, uh, keeps me in a state of, 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 of peace, peace of mind. Because I believe I heard someone say, peace of mind is worth more than silver and gold. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, I just believe that I lead by example. And when we grew up in the 60s, many of our parents and their parents and their generations were not given many of the opportunities that we take for granted. And so therefore, 
in my rearing, I, I'm not sure anybody else, but I know on my block, and Carolyn mm -hmm. can attest to this. I mean, you had many who would say, do as I say, mm -hmm. but not as I do. And that's because they were working through many things not being available for them, but they had all this potential, you know, even reading, coming into books and, you know, and, 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 and thoughts and, and stuff. And, and, but they, somewhere they were still, they still had to work out their, <laughs> their reality. Do as I say, but not as I do. When I came to a sense of awakening, I recognized it had to be do as I say and do as I do. If you want to stay as, but do as I say and not as I do, the children of the next generation, the one that will look into us, they'll be the first ones to kill you. Mm, mm. You understand? Because they, we, we went astray, I believe, in our values, in our value system. Everything has changed. You know, we experienced those things. You know, I wrote a poem entitled A Child of the 80s. And it says, I'm a child of the 80s. I long for my Mercedes. And I got to have all the ladies for see I'm a child of the 80s. The 60s, that's in the past. Black power can kiss my ass. Give me that fast cold cash because see I'm a child of the 80s. The 70s, they came around, but no leaders to be found. And all that promise never left the ground was a result of the 70s. And then disco, yeah, disco with its pulsating beat, it quietly lulled my mind to sleep. While in my solitude, sister, I still weep from the pain. Mm. And now it seems that all hope is gone, yet my dope still prolonged. Please, sister, tell me what has gone wrong in, this, in the 80s. For see, I'm a child of the 80s. I'll sell my soul for my Mercedes. And I gotta have all, yes, all the ladies for see, I'm a child of the 80s. And it's been a while since, I, since I've read that, as you can tell, but I remember one of my teachers held me in, in check because I had a problem with Tupac Shakur and we were talking about him. He says, but you don't know that brother. I said, well, why do you say that? I just don't like that, you know, the energy and the words that he's putting out and everything. He said, but you never re read his poetry and you never heard, uh, studied his life. Get this book. So I went and got the book and I studied him. And then we had a conversation. He says, now do you understand why I had you get that book? I said, yeah. I said, because if I was born when Tupac was born, I would be Tupac, huh? He said that exactly. Because mm -hmm. the genius that this, this young brother had, I mean, his mother, what you say his mother had him reading, uh, 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 who are those, those, those philosophers and stuff? Socrates, all of these things as a child in his formative years. And then we abandoned him. We, Black people, right on the revolution and all of that, abandoned him. For what? For things. Moving on up to the east side. Okay, well, with that being said, then we're, we're, we're talking about how we, how we perceive our thoughts and how our thoughts can change our world. So, mm -hmm. um, Teresa, you've been yes. quiet. You've been quiet, my dear. So, 
What do you got to add to this conversation concerning our thoughts and how they change um, our world and create? Um, yeah, yeah, we, 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 you know, I hear the brother and, you know, we've come to a place now where there has been a change. There's been a, sh a shift in the atmosphere. We're now entering, one might say, the fifth dimension or the Aquarian age. And speaking of thoughts and our mental capacity, we wanna think about the solution. We're now at a point now where we know what's wrong or what appears to be wrong. And like the brother's saying, see, we, we forgot who we were. We were worshiping something out there, outside of ourselves. Now we're coming into the awareness of who we really are. Slowly but surely, I'm noticing it. I've been speaking about this for years. Not only have I been speaking about it, I've been, how you say, trying the spirit by the spirit, remembering who I am, studying the ancestors, studying what the, what the true meaning is of knowing thyself, understanding the mental magic, magic, which our ancestors use. Most people think that magic is like voodoo or hoodoo. Magic is the secret of our minds to be able to think of a thing and then it appears just like that. We are creative vessels and we simply must, we must watch what we say, be careful on how we're thinking. We've got to change our thinking because thoughts are things and it's energy. We have to examine our beliefs. We have to make a paradigm shift and the paradigm shift is changing our, how we think about things because it, it does determine how our behavior is, you know? And we've gotta be the example, the light, so that our young people will be able to see the light, be able to, because I hear people say to me many times, you're always excited. You're always pumped up, even in the midst of this pay paydemic. It's not a pandemic. This is a time now where it's like a reset. It's almost like the source is changing the way we think to be able to attract what we want. And those who are in, on that frequency, on that energy are doing just that. The glass really is half full. It really is half full. If we see it half empty, it will be half empty. And that's what's going into our conscious mind which is being lodged into our subconscious mind. Once it goes, once a thought from all of our five senses from what's going on out here, yes, what we see, what's going on. I lived in Newark. I lived in Harlem when it wasn't sexy. And I'm from Bed-Stuy, do or die. Do or die. Brooklyn. So I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I've been in the midst of it. However, then there are some on the other side that understand the spiritual laws that Yahshua brought us, that Allah brought us, and the founder of my association, Father George W. Hurley, from the time I was a little kid, he, taught, he reminded us who we are. In 1884, he was born. My, not too many people know about him, but during the early, the 1920s, most didn't understand why the people that were he was helping, was buying homes in the 1920s during the depression. 
starting businesses, creating whatever they wanted. Because he taught us how to, re he taught us, he, the, the baton was passed from the Piscean age into the Aquarian age, how to think. How do we think? We literally can have whatever we want. There, there's a lot of things, if we, if we can go back, well, study is number one, but try it. You can think of something that you really want and the feeling is the key. Because once you feel it, there's a there's something that's evoked in the in around your vibration. Something being God, whatever you want to call it. Because we are creative vessels. Yeah. So to make a long story short, this is a time now where we have to think about progress, think about what we want. Think of, and not only think about it, if those of us are out in the public like this, we've got to be examples and help out young people, old people, whomever. That's right. Our light shines so that others may see the good work. That's Change right. Change the way we think That's and not right. allow the system to, to change us by giving us salt and sugar. That's all you find in our communities. That's we've got to true, remember yeah. how to eat. We've got to eat the food from the earth as God has given us herbs, roots. The ancestors knew this. And the ancestors are coming back now because now they're talking more about these things. So that's, that's what I think the bottom line is. We've got to really understand the secrets of the mental magic and how to use our full power of our mind and our heart. So, so Anita, yeah, how I'm giving you an, an opportunity to jump in here and, 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 and be a part of this conversation. How do we change the way we think when we have been spoon fed information all of our lives? And as both um, Brother Shamba and um, Sister Teresa has mentioned, and in our community, we have been spoon fed information that's not always in our benefit. How do we change the way we think? Um, so that we can start producing um, better for ourselves and also for our descendants. Um, our ancestors did the best they could with what they had, as um, Brother Shamba mentioned. But at some point, we are going to have to really start changing the way we do things. So how do we change our minds? How do we get yeah. others uh, to see things differently so that we can start to build our communities up in the manner in which we want it to be built up. Yeah. Um, Sister Teresa dropped a lot of gems there and a lot of things that I identify with. Um, certainly how to think. Um, a moment ago, I was talking about conformity. Conformity is that it's so that you can continue along with what's going on, you know, just eat what's being sold in the stores. You go to the grocery store, they tell you shop on the outer side, outer aisles of the market. That's where the true rich food is. Um, as long as we continue to eat in a certain way, it will continue to keep our minds, um, uh, I guess, poison, you know, the sugars, the packaged yes. foods and the processed foods. Um, but once you step outside of that, then that's where you begin to feel the change within the body 
and also within the mind and you begin to question, well, what's going on? Why, why am I feeling this way? And look at the conversations that's being held. Look at what's happening into my community. So um, where do we begin? How do we start? Well, we can start with one another. There's um, certainly within your the, your immediate network of people to begin to have the conversations and to show how it is that things can change. Um, and I think it's quite powerful, but a huge paradigm shift for to for someone to grasp the concept of what you think is what you can have and be, because you know, it's, it's like hocus pocus. It's like, no, if I have some hard, cold cash, I could be anybody that I want to be, you know, I could have a Mercedes, I could, you know, have the latest gear. Um, but you know, it's, it's like, so we just have to pick an area because it's so vast, you know, it's like instant gratification. If you got a shiny car, brand new car, you're in, you look good. And, and that's good, but it's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. So I would say begin where you are, have the conversations, have these discussions. This podcast will certainly um, open up minds to the fact that there's another way to do it. Um, question, how do you think? Question the fact that, um, what you think about is what you can become. We have that capability to do it. It's not hocus pocus. You can just try it on a small scale and see what happens. But um, it is a huge undertaking. And we just, I think we can just each start in our own corner yeah. of, you know, our immediate networks of people. Yeah. I'll change. I'm, I'm gonna ask this question: How does how does spirituality fit into all of this? Um, you know, we are a spiritual people, and mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm gonna put this question out for anyone who's willing to answer it: How is how does spirituality fit in our belief system and 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 what we're able to do, and and what we have not been doing? Um, Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the spiritual side of um, the transformation of our minds. Anybody can jump in. I just want to pose mm -hmm. the question. Um, anybody can um, tackle it if they feel <laughs> they want to tackle something so big. Can, can I share this with you? Can I share, share this to start the conversation? Yes, you can. Um, sure. Working at the Met, I've, I've seen how we are or put portrayed, I see how they uh, censor black creativity. Um, I see the politics of art and I never saw black people or the black diaspora of, of contemporary artists represented fairly. So I would always see my heroes and sheroes, you know, that they weren't on the walls. And if they were, it was like a caricature, you know, something that was uh, uh, less um, threatening. And I remember Harriet Tubman came to me in spirit and she said, but you can put me in here. I said, whoa, 
I said, I really can. And I mean, I put a piece up called No Debate. And I portrayed her in truth and her cause and her reason. And one thing I want to share with you sisters, I remember she said something to this effect that yes, I, I freed 300 and so brothers and sisters and brought them to, to free them, freedom. However, I could have freed hundreds of more if they only believed mm. that they were slaves. Yeah. Wow. And I, I, I think, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but I think everybody has, has connected with that one. And so we're in no different of a time. We have to recognize not everybody wants to be free. Yeah. And so therefore, my thing is, I'm not trying to convince nobody at this stage of the game. I'm 62. I know that, you know, I have, you know, X amount of time to make things happen for those who are ready, for those who are not ready, that maybe that's somebody else's task. You know what I mean? But I have to make sure I'm on point and on record while I still have a body, while I still have time. And yeah. when I do that, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm living my best life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm li I, I see it in your smile. You're living your best life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You ain't sitting around trying to, you know, allow somebody to make you feel insecure about who you are and this and that. You're promoting your best self, which means you're promoting the most high that's in you. This young brother, he they call us, they call me and my brother Khalid OGs, right? I said, so what's an OG, <laughs> brother, to you? And you know, these young brothers, you know. They believe we get, oh, you're an original gangster. I said, I'm no gangster. I says, I'm no murderer. I'm no thief. I'm no liar. I says, I'm none of that. What, 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 what's that mean? I says, I come from the original God, and the original God is within me. So, mm -hmm. brother, that's what makes me a true OG. Oh, dropping knowledge. Dropping knowledge. But that's come to me through living, walking the walk. Yeah. 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 Not just talking to talk, but talking to talk. And then a young brother told me, he said, I'd rather you not talk to talk, but I watch yeah. the way you walk your walk. Mm. Yes. Yes. That's yes. powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. 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 And you know, yeah. and, to that, and to that point right there, um, Brother Shamba. Just keep speaking your truth. It's not yeah. up to you to make sure those that need to hear it, hear it. It's those that are have, that have the discerning ear and yeah. hunger for something different because they know the okie-doke that they're being dealt is okie-doke. So you yeah. keep on <laughs> preaching your word yeah. and, it's, and that's your assignment. That's what you have to do. Keep doing that. And all those that are looking, searching and, and wanting truth, you, they'll they'll hear you. Absolutely. Hear and let you. me and let me share this with the sister who talk about our magic. Let me tell you, the other day I was on a train and I'm getting ready to go on vacation, right? Because I just retired. So I'm and I I just had had lunch with a, a brother friend of mine, and I had to get off at uh I was on the G train, I had to get off at Hoyt to head back to Manhattan. And my mind was someplace else. 
I missed my stop. I got off at Bergen, someplace like that. And I said, wait a second. I, I, I missed my stop. I <laughs> saw I got off. And then I said, what is this about? Yo, I got to I got to stay focused. So I got up. I went to the other side to go back downtown to get off at Hoyt. And I noticed that the train must have just came. And it's just me there, right? And I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, I look. I look to my, 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 my left. And there are three books that somebody left. Now, me, I'm an antiquarian gleaner. Meaning, I take from books, ancient books, and I gather and I put together my philosophy. I touch, I touch the books. I look, the first book was Richard Wright, Native Son. Whoa. I said, no, I'm not going to touch that one because I read it. So I'm going to leave that for somebody else. I touched another one. That wasn't, that wasn't me. But then I touched this one. Y'all read what that says? Wow. The power to create. Oh, wow. The power to create. When I touched this and I read this, I recognized, well, wait a second. This, this is what my teacher in Trinidad, who I'm going to honor because he just passed away, this was what he was expounding on with his work. Mm. The same lectures, everything. I called his partner, who does like wrote his 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 um uh, uh pre what you call preference pre pre the pre his introductions and put in um you know uh, uh, uh pieces into his books because my teacher put together 12, 13 books compiled and did paintings that are extraordinary. If you ever want to see his work, his name is Leroy Clark. Google him up and you will see the level of work that he does, has done. It's Leroy Clark as in C-A-R-R. -R. Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E. Thank you. Yes. And I was like, You're I'm- about magic. Huh? Yes. And, and when I talk about magic, I mean, this is, we, we termed it phenomenology, not magic, but phenomenology. And so once you engage in, in just allowing yourself, not trying to control it, define it for yourself, but accept it, that it's, it's something beyond your experience. experience. Break yes. it down, Brother Khalid. Talk, talk yes. About okay. You understand? All right. Um, staying, staying on track just a little bit. Um, okay. The spirituality uh, question. Yes. Yes. Um, Teresa, you want to take a whack at that question? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was reading something just the other day. It's so funny you should ask it about that. And I'd like to share what I read. And uh, it, 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 it really did touch home for me. Uh, spirituality is a broad concept with room for many perspectives. In general, it includes a sense of connection to something bigger than ourselves. Mm. And it typically involves a search for meaning in life. As such, it is a human, a universal human experience. 
something that touches us all. People may describe a spiritual experience as sacred or trans transcendent or simply as deep sense of aliveness and an interconnectedness. Some may find that their spiritual life is in intricacy, in, in, in intricately, I always get that word weird, linked to their association with a church, a temple, a mosque, or a synagogue. Others may pray or find comfort in a personal relationship with God or a higher power. Still others seek meaning through their connection to nature or art, like your sense of purpose. Your personal definition of spirituality may change throughout your life, adapting to your own experiences and relationships. Yes, powerful. Ashe, Ashe, spot on. Yeah. How does the question is how does spirituality play the transformation of one's thoughts? Are we deep into what we have been? I don't want to say spoon fed. That's a pretty harsh word. I'm gonna say, is it difficult for someone who is very into their religion, I'll say, to change their way of thinking in such a way that would change their perspective on their life and ultimately change their life? Um, Anita, I'm going to let you hit that one since, um, you know, you and I have been um, mm -hmm. talking spiritually for a while because you're, you know, we're all part of uh, the same ministry. But um, spiritually, how does the transforming of your mind um, on a spiritual sense lead to a, a broader way of thinking and the changing of one's life? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a well, weird question, but I think it all yeah. ties in. Yeah. It, it, yeah, definitely all ties in. But um, when you think about spirituality, um, I immediately think of people's belief in God and what their, what they've come up, like what their upbringing was within the church in that relationship to the church and what it means. Now, if you're an individual who you know, goes to church and you go to church to hear what the pastor has to say and you don't um, put forth any of your, um, any energy or time to further understand what those words that you heard from the preacher and get that interpretation and apply it to your life as it is today, because it's all relative, then that particular individual the renewing of their mind, I, in my opinion, is that it can only be refreshed at the pulpit in the church. Now, for those who take it seriously and they want to further explore and they spend time digging deeper into the word to understand what the word is, then they're onto something. That actually is the process too end of review, renewing your mind because information is presented and whatever level you understand it. But once you dive deeper into the word and do the research and then begin to apply it to your life, then there's that renewal because you're getting the essence of what that word is. And once you're on that track to do that, then you can, you understand how it all works. 
you understand how you can take those verses, get an understanding of meaning and see how it works within your life and change your mindset to how you view life. And there, that's that that key or that pathway to which you can renew your mind. But that that's how I understand it. And I've gone through some transformations, just actually spending time with you and knowing you for the past four years. And um, it was something in which I was seeking. And I seek and I found. And instantly it was... It was an eye opener and it still is to this day. So there, there is a way in which it can happen, but I, it's, it's based on the individual. It depends on the awareness. Brother Samba, you know, opened up with that. It's the awareness and what it is and how you're looking to be fed. Can I ask you one thing? What, how does courage factor into that? Um, the courage, I would say, factors into it to releasing the stereotypes of what you've grown up to know and be of your religion. Um, it, religion is like the process of it, but it's spirituality because it's individual and you grow spiritually from that. So the courage that comes in is to let go of what you've always known and grew up with. And once you can do that, because those are strongholds, we look back, you know, auntie, grandma, you know, uh, big auntie, (laughs) big grandma, everybody does the same thing and you don't dare stray from that. It could be a lonely journey, wouldn't you say? It can be. Yes. Families have split apart. Yeah, families have split apart because, yeah. you know, you choose to believe and, and don't want to, you know, you question the pastor. Yeah. Oh, that's blasphemy to question a pastor? Are you kidding? Please. Oh, he's coming for dinner. They have chicken and shut up. As my mean. grandmother used to say, <laughs> children are to be seen, not heard. Yeah. So. But as a child, I did as a child. As an as adult, I put Preach. away childish things. Preach, brother. Absolutely. No, I, but we've all heard it. But no, have- and, and we all and you're right. But we put away those childish things. So now it's like, okay, grandma, I'm grown now. So I can be able to speak my mind. Yes, I can. I'm gonna have a part of this conversation. That's you right. know. Yeah. And with that being said, things. that's why I appreciate all of you because we'll tell you in a second, it ain't a whole bunch that we could sit down and just have a conversation like adults. Yeah. I hear, I hear, I hear grown up people and they talking about uh, 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 Spider-Man and Batman. You know what <laughs> I mean? I mean, come on, y'all know it too. I mean, this no, is the right. latest movie that they putting out. Spider-Man, right. Batman, um, some old crazy nonsense. This is what, this is how we're being, be, being um, programmed. You understand, yep. but yeah. when we did, when Conformity. we conformity, yes, absolutely, yes, yes. the yep. courage to create. So, how much work do we have to do to to? Um... Girl, I'm tired already. <laughs> what you say? She's tired before I even ask the question. She already tired. I didn't even ask the question. <laughs> 
So how much work do we have to do to build our community up? Because what is the mindset that needs to happen to get everybody on the same page? Everybody now, don't want to be on the same page. Right, right Shamba, I was going to say that. I know you already <laughs> mentioned I know you already <laughs> mentioned that there are that individuals don't want to. But um is there some something that we I, I guess what I'm trying to say is what needs to happen before we can get to a place where we could change our outlook on the way we see our community? Um, you follow what I'm saying? I, I, I think um, Teresa alluded to it um, earlier when she was um, talking about being able to have what we say. How many people really truly understand um, that we literally have control over what happens in our life? I think we're so quick to blame someone else for our disadvantages or our shortcomings. But how much of that is actually on us? And how do we get individuals, ourselves included, to change our perspective of, of the way our life is and, and literally begin to change from the inside out? Um, it's important for our community when we talk about us as a race and, and our people in general, our ancestors and what our ancestors um, sacrificed for us. But what do we need to do on an individual basis and also on a collective basis to get us to be on the same page mentally? And I know, uh, aside from the ones who don't want to do anything, but there are, I, I would like to believe that there are quite a few of individuals who are changing already the way they think about things, even the way they think about religion, the way they thought about their ancestors, the way history has portrayed us. So I, I, I think there's more individuals who are willing to make the change than they are not wanting to make the change. That's just my opinion. Um, but what is your opinion? What do you there is a there is a lot of people that's willing to make the change, you know, inch by inch, it's a cinch. Each one teach one. You know, yeah. as I told you, um, Caroline, I was kind of sent to Newark and I had the what was called the Beacon House. And that was like a little mini mansion on the south side of Newark, not the north side. Mm -hmm. So I was in an area where people needed help. And I I what I did was I started having the workshops. You remember I had the workshops about relationships, spirituality, the wealth gap, um, uh, especially relationships between black men and black women. We would have forums uh, every quarter to discuss that, how we could come together. We would have forums or, or seminars about money, how money works, about the wealth gap and how we had to develop that prosperity consciousness to be able to attract wealth, to remember that we are already wealthy. No, not only the spiritual laws of money, but also the natural laws of money. What's a mutual fund? What's dollar cost averaging? What's compounding? Where do we invest? No one knows about these things. Well, I shouldn't say no one, but most we in our communities, they don't teach us how to make our money grow. They teach us how to spend money. So it starts with us having conversations like we're having now, meet with groups. They are, people are hungry for the information. And when you have these, when I, I was surprised because every time I did the, uh, the, the, uh, the um, seminars or workshops and I would meet people later on and say, you know, 
thank God you have that workshop because now I understand how to make my money grow. Or thank you because now my husband and I are, are coming together even more. We just have to just take one step at a time. Each mm -hmm. one, teach one. Yeah, I should. Would you like to add to that, um, Shamba, or anyone else? I, I would like to contribute to Teresa Henry's um, truth. The first thing we need to do is believe. The second thing we need to do is believe in the spirit of love. Faith will come as a result of, of those two, but the reality is, I mean, I've been in city government. I've, I've been in the community. Those things get removed very quickly. Because they're removed, it disconnects the real people. People respond to what they can, can connect to you in love, yes. what they can connect to you in truth, what they connect, can connect to you in the spirit. When it only becomes um, other than that, there's a disconnect. And until we realize the power never is gonna be without love, without believing that we can be better, do better. You know, that's the leadership that's, that's lacking. You know, who represents that? You know, like uh, fighting the impossible fight. Mm -hmm. That's our legacy. You know, most yeah. of our accomplishments have come as a result of doing things that if you had paper and pencil and did math, we wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. The reality is believing, but also, why are we believing? Do we love our people? Do we love ourselves? And I, mm -hmm. I have experienced, you know, individuality is raining right now. That doesn't mean it's going to rain forever. Right. But that's what we're up against. Yes. Individuality. And unity is always going to prevail. Always. But the one that can tie us together got to come correctly. Many people have tried and they fail. You got to have love. You got to have belief. You got to have faith. Um, they say prayer is the key and faith unlocks the door. That's much more than the words I just spoke. We have a history. We don't have to recreate the will. You know, we take what worked. And reapply, repurpose it. That's a new um, approach. Let's repurpose. Yes. And I find people just want to act like they need to recreate for this time. We don't. And perhaps it's about value. Perhaps. Because the African is the origin of populating the world. Perhaps everybody doesn't have to have a, a darker hue. But we, with our knowledge, know that they're African origin. The deal is aligning with your values. People share your values. That's the power. You know, we got to be principled people. We have to acknowledge what is valuable to us. And that's what we can stand on. You know, that's powerful. And, and as much as possible, stay away from when they say, well, they're from a different race. Race is a division. We all from Africa. If the first people came out of Africa, then we all African. <laughs> if you really think about it, 
We all African. That's the origins of life. So if we can now push forward and look at who is ready and aligned with our values, now that's powerful. And that's the day we're in. Because others would say, oh, but they're African-American, they're Caribbean. They're Italian. They're not even African-American. Everybody comes from Africa. Now what? Now what? Now what? You know, look at look at that thought. Everybody comes from Africa. And at then, some point in time, you yeah. know. And then everybody comes from the unseen. But, you know, the point is that we're being divided more than we're being unified. Yeah. Uh, and we play a role in that based on our understanding. So I'm, I'm sharing with you all tonight is that the people that share your values that are ready, if they're ready, that means they've done some work. Oh, shit. And oh, shit. we don't have time to waste looking at it any less. We need to look at it greater than it. Yeah. The lesser than yeah. doesn't work for what we need to do. It's the greater than. And, yeah. um, you know, that's my solution. Let me add to this. I did, I reviewed a study uh, some years ago about how do you get people to change and transform. Uh, I took the landmark education forum. Uh, I treated myself to my 45th birthday and I went for a weekend, three days in South Plainfield. For me, it was very beneficial. Uh, I learned a great deal and I applied it and it worked. So what I'm saying, what I'm sharing is that when you learn how to create new possibilities for yourself and for your life, that's enacting the power of transformation. Mm. But you have to have belief. You have to have faith. You gotta, you gotta believe you're valuable. So if you, if you believe something that is coming out of your imagination, yeah. And it's relevant to you being a free person versus being an enslaved person to something, people, places, or things. Yes. Believe, you know, and it's the faith. Um, and Landmark, um, you know, that piece about creating new possibilities, I mean, that, is, that, that was the most powerful takeaway. Um, mm -hmm. But changing one's diet will allow people to begin to understand that they, they can see something, they can see results. They said, if you can change or a person changes their diet, there's nothing they can't do. So I just wanna also put that out there to consider that. What mm -hmm. does it take to help a person change their diet? Because they change their diet, they gotta change their mindset, but right. that might be indirect. What they want is yes. losing weight, feeling better, feeling, energized yeah so indirectly it's a mask but yeah. ultimately they're using everything we would want them to use and once they do that there's nothing they can't change mm. that's transformation that is transformation and yeah. that was that was excellent sir <laughs> and just really not, there's really not much to add um after that that was um actually um very enlightening. Thank you for sharing. Uh, so we're at the end of this um, broadcast and I literally can talk to all of you all night long. <laughs> <laughs> all of you have what? So much exciting and, and interesting 
information to this topic. I'm going to ask one question before as we're leaving, and I'm going to ask it of everyone, and we're going to go around the room. Just give me your short answer, not your long answer, your short answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do we go from? Where do we go from here? And I'm going to start. Um, with you, Teresa, and I'm going to move this way um, since we just um, heard from the brother. Where do we go from here, Teresa? Where do we go from here? Like I said, each one teach one. I'm, I'm, I continue to do the seminars, the workshops, the gathering people together so that we can have these type of conversations, educate, you know, and uh, basically teach and help help our people to remember who they are, remember where we come from. That's it. Um, study to know thyself, do research, um, definitely eat eat well so you can feel better. That's right. Um, learn about the, the different roots and the herbs that not only help you feel better, it helps you even think better. That's right. And like, That's like, like Khalif said, love. Love. Just, just love more. Be kind. Be sweet. It, it, that's very attractive and and magnetic, right. you know. And and during this time, enjoy yourself. That's right. Self care. Okay. Best time to be alive. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> I mean, no depress the conversations. Just buy whatever you want to buy, you know. And say, well, what about the money? Money is energy. For some That's reason, right. when you buy, you create a void. The money fills. It, it, it just comes from, you just, it's amazing. It's magic. magic. It's magic. <laughs> you become very excited. <laughs> so just have fun. That's just fun. love. Just have, I mean, really have fun. Go to the park. During right. the during the pandemic, I was in Liberty State Park all the time. My friends was like, are you crazy? No, that's nature. Get to nature, hug a tree, ground yourself, walk on the grass. Of course, when it gets warm, <laughs> you know, ground yourself, become one with nature. So that's that's basically what I'm, I'm thinking of. Thank you. What, uh, Miss Anita, what are your thoughts? Your final yeah, thoughts? Um, somewhat on the heels of what Teresa was mentioning, um, being the example so you can be the example with changing your diet. Um, and then that will, when your diet changes and there's transformation within your body, your network of people and friends are going to want to know what it is that you're doing. And that's, that's that entry point that you can share with them. So be kind, share it, love on them and um, spread the word about that example. Um, and, and my biggest thing is um, since the pandemic, the pandemic has taught me that we must live each and every day. Allah. When we were home because we couldn't work, mm -hmm. it was stressful because, you know, we were now our worlds were turned upside down with that system, that program. Get up, you go to work, be at work all day and you come home and you do whatever you do. But now. You're in with your family or not. Some people were mainly alone and yes. you had to figure out, well, what's important? If, I, if now I can't do that thing, what do I do? Right. 
And, and it's, well, I want to live. I want to go outside, take a walk, feel yes. the air. Springtime comes. Look at the trees as the leaves are turning another color. You have yes. the time now. Take an early morning walk. It is amazing just the to see study. that beauty unfold that you would not have seen any other time because you were at work. You never had a chance to take that walk. Or if you were taking a walk, you were thinking about work and stressed out about this, that, and the third. So you never paid attention to it, but oh, live, live in the moment. Yes. Okay. And my favorite word that words that I say and live by love is all there is. That's and, all it. No, receive it, yes, give it. Yes. yes. And, and what more can you ask for? All right. So, Jamba, last words. What are your thoughts? Your last oh, thoughts. You know, a lot of people always say, so, so Shaba, how you going? I say, nah, it's not how you're going. I ask you how you're growing. Mm. And I'm hoping that you're growing up. Because that's what I'm doing. I'm growing up. And yes. I'd like to end. Because tomorrow, I believe, is Valentine's Day, right? And so oh, I want to offer a poem. Monday. Monday, Monday, it's coming up. And yes, I, soon want, come. I just want to honor <laughs> you sisters because I love me some black women. You understand what I'm saying? There ain't <laughs> no right. shame in ain't no shame in my game. <laughs> we you love you right back, brother. Yes, right, we so do. This, 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 this poem is for you. All right. And it's entitled Sorry for Being Different. Mm. Today is Valentine's Day. And I wanted to take a moment to explain why I did not get you roses, chocolates, or a naughty negligee. Why I secluded myself in silence in order to summon the right words for you, beautiful black woman, to tell you what you mean to me. See, roses fade, chocolates, they melt. Clothes come off and are eventually thrown away but not these feelings I have summoned from the most holy of holies. They are beyond words. They are formless, <laughs> nameless, like air. Yes, yes. Why, sister, you have become air to me in a suffocating world filled with great potential. <laughs> See, air is one of the elements of life and there could be no roses, no chocolates, no clothes without air. Like there could be no me without you. <laughs> or you without me. No world without our testimony. So I'll stamp these feelings for you in the nameless, in the formless. The realm where spirit dances as the day disappears. I'm sorry that there are no roses, chocolates, or naughty negligee. I'm sorry for being different, but I hope this poem will do. Bravo. That was beautiful. Hey. That was beautiful. I want to thank you for yes. that. Beautiful. Thank you. I want to thank, thank all Thank you. My for, for showing up tonight. I want to thank you, Shamba, for being our special guest. I want to thank you also, Mr. Khalid. Thank you for your 
profound words. They were words of wisdom. We thank you for that, um, Miss yes. Teresa Henry. As always, thank you so much. And a special thanks to my co-host, Miss Anita Crump. I want to thank I you say. all for here this evening. Um, this is another edition of Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with Dr. Caroline Field Jones. I am your host, and I hope to see you all again.